You are now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. Notice Rome 12, Romans 12 and verse number 3. Paul says, for I say, first of all, let's do our Bible checks. How many got your Bibles? How many got your Bibles? Hold your Bibles up high in the air if you got your Bibles. Amen. I want to see them. Amen. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful sight? Look around, church. Isn't that a wonderful sight? Man, that is a good sight. Okay, y'all put them down. Y'all, pastor, you love us bringing our Bible. Man, it's a good sight to actually be in church. And the pastor say, go to such and such, such. And you hit them play. Hear them pages turning. It's a blessing. I love it. I love it. Now, you may have a, a phone, I mean, a Bible on your phone, but that's not a Bible. I believe everybody needs a Bible, hard copy, pen to paper. Amen. 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 Everything that they call smart is not given to make you smart. You know, they call the smartphone the smartphone. But how many remember before the smartphone? When you had the rotary, the dial phone, and, and when you had the number phone, watch this. I'm, I'm going to show you how the smartphone will make you dumb. Me too. And anybody. It'll dumb you down if you ain't careful. Back in the day when we called people, we knew their numbers. You dialed every number by memory. You didn't need a book or that. You picked up your phone and you knew your sister number. You knew your mama number. You knew your children number. Ask somebody now for somebody's number. Ask them for their own number. Everyone, you got to be careful. You just have to be careful. Some folk can't function unless they got their phone with them. Don't let them leave the house and figure out they forgot their phone. They're in a panic. They got to turn around. They, 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 they don't feel right. They, they, they have an anxiety. You have an anxiety attack over a phone. And then this first thing they say to try to ease their conscience, well, you know, an emergency could happen. How did I know that? Because I did it one day. And I had turned around and I said, no. I said, I ain't always had this thing. I said, maybe I don't need to be contacted today. And I need to be left alone. And let me tell y'all something. Throughout that day, I went about working and doing what I had to do. No emergency took place. I got back home. Donald said, I've been calling you. And I realized your phone was in there on the such and such. And I said, girl, yeah, I forgot my phone. But everything went smooth. (laughs) Romans 12. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself, or herself, more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Romans 12 and 3, Paul says, I'm reading out the New King James verse, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, Not to think of himself. You got to really watch this. 
more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. Here's a warning from Paul to the saints about them thinking more highly of themselves than they ought to think. So the question becomes, should we think highly of ourselves? Yes. Especially when you're born again. You should think highly of yourself. The problem comes when we start thinking more highly. When we start thinking more highly. Now we have a problem. And the problem is this. That whenever a person, and we've all been guilty, is thinking more highly of themselves than they should, it says about them that they are being selfish. Whenever you think more of yourself than you should, you're operating in selfishness. And so Paul is warning the church, even correcting the church about selfish thinking. And those who are doing so need to stop. This is a warning from him. If you're thinking more highly of yourself than you should, you're being selfish and you need to stop. Based upon that, I want to teach from the subject no more selfish thinking. No more selfish thinking. I want to minister from the subject this morning. No more selfish thinking. And let's give God a praise for our subject on this morning. Come on. Let's give him a tremendous hand of praise for our main text and our subject. No more thinking Selfish. And it doesn't really matter how long a person has been saved. There are times, if we be honest, that when it comes to our mind or our mindset, there are times that our thinking can be off. I said our thinking can be off. And most of us know that to be true. I said we know that to be true. Our thinking can be off. Pastor, what you mean off? I'm saying when it comes to our mindset, because the root meaning of mind, remember, is to think. And sometimes our thinking is off or our thinking is wrong. Whenever my thinking is wrong and I don't make the necessary adjustments, then my thinking will affect my behavior or my attitude. Come on. Whenever your thinking is wrong, and you don't do what you need to do to get your thinking or your mind where it needs to be, 
Your thinking is going to affect your behavior. Can I break it down? You are going to act out of character. Come on. That's the reason I said all of us should be able to amen the word right now because all of us have had a moment where our behavior was not right, but we knew our thinking was off. There have even been times that we have mistreated people thinking one thing about them, but they were not in the wrong. We was in the wrong. Come on. And we were ready to go to war with people, and our thinking was off. Oh, yeah. I, I said we was ready to throw down with somebody thinking that they was wrong, but it was my thinking that was off. It was my thinking that was messed up. Come on, I ain't getting as many amens as I need to up in this house because y'all sitting there acting like there are not times where you're behaving in a way that's not right, but you got to go back to what you're thinking. You got to go back to what you have been meditating on. And see, sometimes God want us to move on. He want us to let things go so that our attitude will change. But as long as you're holding on to certain things and people, you are meditating on the wrong thing, and the wrong thing going to affect you in the present. I, I don't. You don't have to clap. I already know that it's right. What I meditate on, if I get my mind... In a place where it doesn't need to be, it don't matter how wonderful today is, I won't enjoy today. I won't enjoy today based upon what happened yesterday. Because I got the wrong mindset in reference to what happened. I got the wrong mindset in, in reference to how that went down. I'm thinking it went down in a way to hurt me, but God let it go down like that, that it might help me. That it might improve me. And the fact that we are saved doesn't exempt us from having thinking that's off. Amen? No matter how long you've been married, you can within your marriage and what you're doing and what you're saying to your spouse can be wrong based upon your thinking being off. And so tell your neighbor, when that happens, God loves you so much that he's coming with correction. I said he loves you so much he's coming with correction. The root meaning, or one root meaning of correct or correction is to put right. To put right. Which suggests, again, when it comes to our mind or our mindset, that it's wrong. It's wrong, and God is going to bring correction to put it right. He's going to put it right. He's going to straighten it out. And there are some things happening upstairs that God knows he needs to straighten out. 
I say there's something going on that, that he knows he needs to, he needs to straighten out. She's my daughter. I love her. She's a praiser. But in reference to this, I'm going to have to straighten that girl out. Or she's going to sabotage what I want to do for her. Come on. That's where you can see people who are older in age, but folk who fight correction from God, they get older but not better. See, when you learn, and I learn to receive correction from God, I don't just get older, I get better. I get better. I do things better. I go about things better. But look at some folk. When you look at age versus wisdom, they ain't what they need to be. I say they're not what they need to be. And folks will tell you, well, you know, so-and-so got a head full of gray hair. They must really be wise. Not necessarily. Come on. Don't get upset with me. But when it comes to the church, too many of us fight correction. We fight God, and he's trying to put things Sometimes you're old in age, but something that happened to you in childhood affected your thinking. And God has to put things right. He has to let you know that you can move beyond what happened to you as a child. Oh, come on. He'll tell you that you don't have to be the victim all your life. No, no, that get old playing the victim role. Some things happened to some of us in our childhood that wasn't your fault, but don't keep playing the victim about it. Let God set some things right in your mind. Oh, oh, I feel it. Let him put some things right in your mind so you are not stuck reliving something that you don't have to relive. Oh, oh, I I definitely finna upset some folk now. That's my problem with a lot of black folk who always want to be the victim in everything. We got to come out of that because as long as we allow people to put us as victims, then we're always going to have a bottom mentality. But when you can see yourself as an overcomer, you don't have to always talk about if you wasn't black. Come on. And so you got a lot of black people that are so caught up in this gimme, gimme, people owe you. Reparations to me is in Malachi 3, 8 and following. That's my reparation that I'm reaping. Be seated. Now that don't mean if they hand it out that I ain't going But there are a lot of folk, their mindset is so jacked up. You better really listen to me. Money not going to make your life better. 
There are people who mind what in the place it needed to be. They got money. And that money was the end of them. Is that right? I don't care what you say about America. It's still one of the best countries in the world. It's still a place filled with opportunities. Yes, it is. Some folks are not even clapped. It's still a place that is filled with opportunity. What our forefathers prayed for, what they asked God to do, he did it. He did it for us. But so many are still locked in a prison in their mind. Change came off the ankles and went on the mind. And the worst place to be chained or imprisoned is in your mind. That's when you have some people who are in prison and they're more free than people who are walking around every day. Number two, to correct means to rectify an error or an inaccuracy. And see, what I love about God is that he loved me too much to leave me the way I am. I thank God when I first came into him wanting a desire to live for him. I thank God that he looked at me. And I know he said this about me. He got a good heart. <laughs> but his mind, I'm going to have to work on that. And that's how well, a lot of he, I'm going to have to work. What did I say on New Year's Eve? This was going to be a year that God was going to do what? He was going to do what? And I made it specific. I said, he's going to work on our work. Because some things are not going to change until your mind changes. So he sends that correction. Now, when a person is selfish, he or she is again Self-centered. It's self-centered. When you start thinking more of yourself, you're being self-centered. When you think you're always right, you're thinking more highly of yourself than you need to. Because none of us are always right. Because none of us are God. Right? But selfish people, I want you, if you're taking notes, selfish people will use any means necessary to get their way. When a person is selfish at the core, he or she will use any means necessary to get their way. They only care about having things their way. Even when we come in the church and we'll submit it to God the way we need to be submitted to him, we shouldn't want our way. Because we come to him with a whole lot of baggage based upon a lifetime of trying to have it our way. That's what I try to tell people who are in need of deliverance. You've been spending your whole life trying to deliver yourself. Why don't you stop being selfish and do what God would have for you to do. Yeah. 
Am I right? Notice again Matthew. Notice the book of Matthew again. Y'all hanging here with me. We're going back to where we was. I think it was last Sunday. Matthew 24. And notice verse number 24. Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Yeah, Matthew 16 and verse 24. Turn that with me. Let me hit them pages. Turn it. Matthew 16 and verse number 24. Amen. I'm still hearing pages. Turn Matthew is the new first book of the New Testament. It's one of the easiest books to find. Matthew, Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. One thing Jesus knew is that his disciples were going to need to learn how to deny themselves. And make no mistake about it, every one of us have to learn that. You have to learn that. Because the flesh fights the will of God. Notice what he said. Notice the wording. If anyone desires to come after me, let. Come on, that, that word. Now, we, we worked that word the first of the year. Never know, some of y'all should have got happy on that. That little three-letter word, L-E-T, let. We went to work on let. But notice, let is here. Let him deny himself. To let again simply means to allow something to be so. To allow something to be so. See, when it comes to self-denial, that's something that I have to allow to be so in my life. In my life. I need the ability to say no to myself. No, you're not going to think that way. No, you're not going to do it. No, you want to say that, but you're not going to say that. See, see, my, I'm losing most of my audience because some of you, you say whatever you want to say. And that's reading that mouth gets you in so much trouble. Look at your neighbor, your mind just doing this to him. Tell him, your mouth can get you in trouble. Now look back at him there, tell him, and you know that already. I mean, you know, your mouth can get you in trouble. Their trouble we got in, all we had to do was shut. Shut your mouth. Stop talking. You knew how to do it. You didn't want to do it. Woo, and I was the master. I was the man, I got my PH, my doctorate. And let me say this right here, and I'm done. I want you to know this one thing, and I'm done with this. See, see, God told me to be done 10 minutes ago. See, that's when you gotta let. 
because they don't know me, I'll go off. See, you got to learn not to go off. Because certain folk who know you like that, they're pushing buttons for you to go off. Come on. Woo! We all probably got some folk in our lives that like to see us go, not to Disneyland, but Fool Land. I'm going to get out to take a trip to Fool Land. Am I right about that? Now, Jesus, he's talking to his disciples. He said, look, if y'all coming after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Suffering? See, if you're a selfish person, you don't want to suffer. That's the last thing you want to do is go through some type of pain. And the suffering he was talking about, when you really connected to the cross, is suffering not just for the sake of yourself, but for the betterment of others. See, there's some things we have to go through that we don't want to go through, but it's not all about me. I couldn't be the pastor I am today if I wouldn't have went through some things that I went through yesterday. Come on. But I had to see suffering as something that's this, this bigger than me. If I'm a learner of Jesus, the cross was not just about him, but the cross saved me. He suffered to save me. But when you're selfish, if it doesn't benefit you completely, you ain't down with it. He said, take up your cross, follow me, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, for my sake, will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? This is what I want us to see. For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And he will reward each according to his works. See, selfishness is going to be punished. That's what he's saying. He's coming in glory, in the glory of his Father with his angels to reward each according to their works. So people who live a selfish life, which also equates a secular life, they're going to be punished. They're going to be punished. Because it's no way we are of God, you got to listen carefully, and we're stuck on selfishness. Why did I say it like that? Because all of us are capable of stepping back in to selfishness. Come on. Ain't nobody in this room this morning that's not capable of being selfish. You better tell somebody sitting next to you this time. He's talking about you too. Because some folks look around like, yeah, I know he can. He know it too. He can. And, and, and we will accuse other people of it. You know you can be real selfish. How many have told somebody that? You know you can be real selfish sometimes. And you letting them have it. Not realizing, so can you. 
And then sometimes we both can be selfish. Is that right? But see, selfishness is going to be punished. Because again, selfishness is one person thinking more highly of themselves than they ought to. And tell your neighbor, selfishness is a form of idolatry. Wherever you see selfishness, you're going to see idolatry. One of the biggest tricks of the devil is not necessarily getting people to worship him, but getting man to worship themselves. Now, it's a work of the devil, but he knows the punishment that is attached to selfishness. The one way the enemy ruins people's lives is getting them to be selfish. And we are to worship God and God alone. You don't worship a man. You don't worship a woman. You don't worship your pastor. You don't worship an athlete. You don't worship your supervisor. You don't worship nobody but but who? And I don't worship myself. How do you know you're worshiping yourself? When you start valuing your opinions above the word. See, that's idolatry. You care more about your opinion than what the word says. Brother, like it or not, you in idolatry, you worshiping yourself. You don't follow no preacher who tells you, don't worry about what I'm doing, just do this. No, preacher. No, because I am to follow you as you follow Christ. And if you stop following Christ, I'm not following you, preacher. I'm not worshiping a preacher on my way to hell. Come on, somebody. That's the reason I'm coming out of the book. Because we live in a time where idolatry is having its way in some churches. The agenda is no longer about praising God. It's about pleasing man. Y'all know I'm right about it. Some of you like it's hard to give me your amens this morning. I know it just. See, because you're probably being, I'm not saying you are, but you're being put right. Cutting all them tantrums and acting a fit all the time because something didn't go your way. You can't tear up the house every time it doesn't go your way. You can't decide to walk out and just throw words around like they're just play word because something did not go your way. You're selfish. And you're being put right. Come on. Tim, never, never forget it. Wherever... You see selfishness, 
you have idolatry. And see, so many people are trying to tell man that we God. No. No. Can't be. Am I right about that? That's really a lot of this stuff I have to I have to come against it. See, 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 I can't worship you. If I start worshiping y'all, if I start worshiping the number of members we have. See, it's going to move me into idolatry. I'm going to become a selfish pastor. So the only thing I want to preach is what I feel like will, will draw people. And, and then I go from having God's agenda to having my own agenda. And see, that's dangerous for you. It ain't just dangerous for me. That's dangerous for you. Why are we doing this? Because that's just what pastor want to do. He caught up in himself. And he wants to do this. Come on. I see ministers sometimes and I, I don't hardly do it. But I'll be turning on the TV. And I'll stop on a person. I'll be like, they ain't got no business on TV. See, y'all didn't like that. I see, I see this. Don't. Your walls need paint. Your sound system sounds terrible. Why, why, why are you doing this? Who want to be seen? Folk need help in the church. Church can't help people because all the money is going to get pastor seen. Pastor trying to be a big shot now. You don't want that. You don't want that. That means I'm no longer praying like I did for this word. I'm just coming out here giving y'all whatever I think will make you reach deep in them pockets and come out with something good. Look at Isaiah. I'm almost done. Look at Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we got to be put, put right. And as you turn to Isaiah 14, tell your neighbor, you know, it takes teaching like this. See, you can't hoop about selfish. I mean, you can, but, you know, come on, we, we got to be taught. We, we just got to stop and we got to be, we got to be taught. We got to be learned. Notice Isaiah 14. Notice Isaiah 14. I feel y'all pulling. I feel y'all paying attention. Isaiah 14, we got to get rid of this. Got to get rid of this. Some of us, an apology, a sincere apology, can in some cases put things right. Notice why I say a sincere apology. In some cases can put things right. But a selfish person, they're not going to apologize. Instead, they're going to make excuses for their behavior. Come on. When you're selfish, you don't want to own what you did. And sometimes, like it or not, we have to own what we did. And there's time that God going to put you right through somebody. Hold on. And you got to sit there as long as it takes and be put right. 
Well, how long is this going? I ain't. No, you sit down. And there are some things I want to say to you. First of all, don't be telling me to sit down. Stand up then. It don't matter. You know, I wasn't trying to. Because sometimes when you try to put folk right, they're looking for a way to argue. They're looking for a way to move this whole conversation off of what they did. You ain't going to stand here and talk to me like I'm no boy and just tell me to sit down. Man, stand up. Man, kneel down. Whatever. Just, you need to be put right. And God, believe it or not, woo, he puts me right. Because some of you think that sometimes. You ain't going to say, he always coming out. Who putting him right? How you think I got this message about being put right? First one he gonna start putting right is me. Some of y'all don't understand that. Isaiah 14, verse number 12. How are you falling from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground? You who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, your mind, your feelings, and your choices. Watch the heart of Lucifer. Watch his feelings. Watch his choices. Watch his, his attitude. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Tell your neighbor, anytime you see a person always trying to exalt themselves that selfishness. One thing that brings us into selfishness, if you take your notes, is not understanding God's timing, God's plan versus our timing versus our plan. Sometimes God's timing exposes our selfishness. The fact that you just can't wait for God to do it, that you're willing to get out of his will and do something that ain't right, shows how selfish you are. Well, pastor is holding me back. From being who I need to be. First of all, if God has ordained for you to be something, you being in this house, what he called you to be, benefits me. So I'm a fool for holding you back. God put a gift in you to benefit the whole church. And nobody can hold you back. When God has something for you and you stay in his will. Come on. I said y'all ought to, somebody ought to be clapping. Because you about to get a promotion that people try to hold back. 
But God is going to show your enemy, your hater, that he is bigger than their hate for you. Watch this. This is a prophecy. You're going to get promoted in front of people who did everything they could to stop the promotion. Did y'all hear me? But, but be seated. But it took something to stay in the place God put you in. But whenever you see somebody always trying to exalt themselves, you know that's a selfish person. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have to remain humble. The antithesis of being selfish is to be clothed in humility. Selfish people are always trying to push their way into something. A selfish person will scheme, connive, and manipulate to get something. Well, some of y'all ain't going to like me. That's not theirs. To be something they weren't ordained to be. That's what's wrong with the church. We got too much selfishness in the church. It breaks down ministry. If you got a selfish minister, nobody going to be able to get along with that minister unless they praising him or her. Something wrong with you when you always got to be praised and your name always got to be called. So what? We forgot to mention your name. You know your name. You know you did it. Come on. That's what I call an inside. You don't know you did it. Y'all, one thing you never heard me come out here and say is that I'm the pastor. When a pastor starts saying that, I'm looking at him like, you don't know? I'm the head of the house. Oh, why, why you got a bow set out? You don't know who you are? Come on. People, people try to exalt themselves. And this is right now in the church. We have pastors who are messing folks up. Come on, y'all gonna get upset with me. People like Mike Todd. Mike Todd ain't no pastor. That man is too messed up for God to ever set him over his people. God, God love you too much to set over you somebody that'll mess you up. He love you too much. But out of selfishness, people try to pick their pastor based upon. I had a person leave the church years ago, and their problem with me was, well, Pastor, I don't understand. Why you can't ever preach in sweatsuits? You know, and just come out and look, 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 just look regular sometimes. Man, I got my times to look regular. But when I stand before God's people, I am a prime example. From my shoes all the way up. 
man had the nerve to tell a congregation that he don't know why God made them male and female. Said that if he was there, he would have told God, can't you do something in between? Couldn't, couldn't you have gave us a, a A, B, C, and D? That's a fool. That's a fool talking. That's blasphemy. God created them male and female. Anything else is evil. Slap evil. Then he says to his church, people ask me all the time, what are you going to do about your gay members? He said, I don't know what to do with them. Tell them the truth. Tell, give them the Bible. Y'all don't like stuff like, give them the Bible. When you love people, you give them the truth out of love. Because ain't none of us got no room to condemn nobody to hell. We still a work in progress myself. I'm working on myself every day. But just because I'm working on myself don't mean I'm going to withhold truth from people. Look at it. I got to hear them call. Sit down. I didn't mean to say it like that. Excuse me. <laughs> I didn't got excited. Even me pastoring y'all, y'all don't recognize every time I go before God for a word, I take in consideration that you are his people. That he set me over you. Listen, to be a blessing to you, not a curse. But selfishness has to be rooted out. There are people who can't walk in what God ordained for them to walk in until they lay aside selfishness. And about you, you're going to stand before God. And have to give an account for not doing what he told you to do. Now nobody is so big that you're going to cause me to miss God messing around with you. No. You know, I told you that's how Aaron got in trouble in Exodus 32. I'm coming back to Isaiah 14. When Moses was on the mountain, the people said to Aaron, we know not where Moses is. He is delaying his coming. We don't know what Moses is doing. Make us a God, Aaron. Make us a God. You lead us back into Egypt. And they fashion a calf out of their jury. Now, I mistakenly said Wednesday night that Moses ended up grinding up the Ten Commandments into powder and made them drink it. But I actually should have said it was the calf that he grinded into powder and made them drink. But this is what I want y'all to see. When Moses dealt with Aaron, 
He said, why have you done this thing and brought this sin upon Israel? But I want y'all to hear what Aaron said in Exodus 32. Aaron told Moses, Moses, you know how these people are. They have an evil heart. You know what he was in essence telling Moses? Moses, you know these folks are selfish. And anytime something doesn't go their way, they're rebelling. They're talking back. Woo! That's some church folk right there. I'm finna move on. That's some church folk. Anytime something don't go your way. And see, what we got to learn from Abram is that you don't allow selfish people to call you to get in trouble with God. You hear me? I'm not going to let the fact that you being selfish make me get on your level and try to do to you what you're doing to me. No, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. Come on, somebody. Back in Isaiah 14. He's, he, he noticed what he said in 13. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit in the mountain, in the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. Now this way, he's showing up messed up. He said, I will be like the most high. Is he selfish? Is he selfish? See, see, listen to me, because this don't mean everybody. But some of your most selfish people in the church are also your most gifted. Gifted people can often be selfish. Satan was one of the most gifted beings ever created. But he was selfish. Tried to turn the angels against God. And got one third of them. Y'all better listen to me. I'm finna close. To leave heaven. He got angels to take on that same spirit that he had and revolt against God. And so you asking me, do folk leave the church? If the devil got angels to leave heaven, I know demons can get people to leave church. <laughs> Pastor, why did she leave? She's selfish. Come on. But you know what this also tells me when I think about Lucifer, the devil, Satan? That again, you don't want to be hanging with selfish people. This is what I don't see, and then I'm going to have to let it go. He said, I will ascend above the heights. I will be like the most high. But notice punishment. Notice punishment. See, Satan brought in idolatry into heaven. And God had no choice but to kick it out. Tell you, because he always 
eventually will bring judgment to selfishness. If you being selfish at the house, you're going to cause the judgment of God to hit your house. If we get selfish at this church, the only thing we want to do here is what benefit us. We don't want to help others or help the community or what have you. We're going to bring upon us judgment. But y'all know we don't do that. Come on. Y'all know we don't do that. If you didn't know, you just found out. We don't do that. Verse 15. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol. To the lowest depths of the pit. Tell you, neighbor, selfish people, selfish people will, will be, brought down. be brought down. Here's the thing. The thing that gets church people is always looking on the outward appearance. But see, the outward appearance of the naked eye does not always reveal judgment. So a person can operate in selfishness, but when you see them to the naked eye, you think they're doing better than they ever did. How can that be? I'm trying to teach us, because some of us look at selfish people, and we do exactly what the world wants us to do. You exalt selfish people. You want to be like Selfish folk. But selfish people have judgment on them. And it's just a matter of time before that curse enters a stage where this person will never be in the place they need to be in. I don't want that to be for nobody. That's what Paul said. If we think more highly, we shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. But then Paul said, but to think soberly. Tell your neighbor, no more, no more. Thinking, thinking highly of ourselves. But tell your neighbor, we got to go, go from no more selfish thinking, no more selfish thinking to sober thinking. Sober. One thing. Sober means is having self-restraint. No more thinking more highly of myself than I need to. God has sent the correction. I'm going to receive it. I'm going to walk in it. And I'm going to strive to have a sober mind. I'm going to strive to have self-restraint. What I don't need to do. I'm going to strive not to do it. How I don't need to think, I'm striving not to think like that. What I don't need to say, I'm striving not to say. And when I step into selfishness and recognize it to be selfishness, I got to say to myself, no more selfish thinking. I got to bring myself. Listen, not God. Tell your neighbor, not God. But you have to bring yourself out of that place. See, God ain't going to do what he's given us power to do. Right? I'm going to end it right there.
Come on, give God a hand to praise. No more selfish thinking. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.